Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I'm feeling refreshed and relaxed after a long week, just just a week, of not using the internet. How <laughs> are you feeling, Luke? I'm also feeling re refreshed. Um, I also do not use the internet a huge amount, though in the last few days I'm obviously back at work, which means I, I have been using the internet an awful lot. But no, I feel rejuvenated. I feel 32 years and nine seven months old as opposed to 32 years and nine months old so it's it's made a huge difference oh that's nice that's nice yeah. i mean for me i am mentally still in 2019 <laughs> so i feel at this point um two years younger than what i am is that right i mean in a way we're all still stuck in 2019 <laughs> that's true well let's get into an idea we came up with at the end of 2019 let's go to the show <laughs> Content Minds. This week, uh, we are delving into a part of the internet that we, I think, have rightfully put off for quite a while because it's very big and it's very complicated. But we're talking about the true crime corner of the internet. And specifically, we're talking about the Gabby Petito disappearance and how that's playing out algorithmically on platforms like Instagram and TikTok. But before we get to that, Luke, I have a video to show you. Okay, hit me. I put it in garbage day today, but I know that you probably haven't read that yet. I don't read so, garbage day, as, as you so well this, know. So this will be a surprise for you. So yeah, all talk right. us through what you're seeing here. What's up, all my chuggers? It's Anderson the Double Cheeseburger. And today, I'm going to be trying the 64-ounce Modelo chug. It's pretty cool, because before, I can never find these. I think they, they didn't even have them before, but it's convenient instead of just to talk. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> The best beer in the game. Alright. <clears throat> Alright, guys, let's All try right. this out. This is uh, a man doing a. What can best be described as a taste test of two uh, Modelos. I don't know what Modelo is. Is Modelo a, a, a beer or a whiskey? <laughs> Modelo is a, is, a, is a Mexican beer. Yeah. It's a Mexican beer. Okay. So he's basically drinking uh, 40, like 40s, right? Yeah, he's. I don't even think they're forties. I think they're small. Uh, I think they're smaller. Sorry, is is the challenge you just have to chug it? Yeah, he has to just drink those two beers. I'm sorry, he's he has drunk half. I mean, he has drunk essentially half a pint of beer and is throwing up. <laughs> yeah, he throws up a lot in this video. <laughs> Why? Why well, he is had he to get, throwing up? He had, he had to get the burp out. Is it particularly like no, no? It's carbonated? a completely normal. It's a completely normal beer. Why is this a challenge? <laughs> sorry, sorry to sound incredibly British about this, but this guy <laughs> has drunk essentially a pint of beer yeah, in like four pint. minutes and is just vomiting his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, <laughs> okay, I'm done, and he is still vomiting. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand why he's vomiting. <laughs> like, okay, like I'm, I'm trying to think of what the closest bear that looked like, and it, it looks vaguely like a, uh, I don't know, what, what is that? That's a uh, a Modelo. It's kind of like Peroni or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks like a, it's, it's slightly darker than Peroni, but he's also got he's got like a black t-shirt on, so I can't tell exactly how dark it is. Oh, okay, I found a sh- shot. So that's yeah, it looks like a Peroni. It looks like it's a normal beer. Why is he vomiting after having drunk like two hundred milliliters of beer? It was too much for him. He had to get the he had to get the burp out. Do you think he could drink two Modellos? Seems fine. I don't understand why this man is throwing up after. I think extremely small amount of beer. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand I, what the bit is. He told you he had to get the burp out. But 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 why has he made it? <laughs> I don't know. Modelo is like a very smooth, nice beer. It's like a very normal beer. Right. It's kinda light actually. It's it's not dissimilar from a corona. Okay. So why did he make the video why is it a challenge? What is the why is there a Modelo chug challenge? You know, I actually tried to find it and I couldn't it's I came across this video completely randomly, and not only can I not find where the video came from, I couldn't even really find the context that the video was created in. I think there was a Modelo Chug Challenge, but like I can't find any proof that this was even like a trend. Like, as far as I can tell, this man sat down at a table completely independently of anything else going online and was like, I'm going to chug these two beers and then proceeded to do it so badly that he spent the whole time vomiting. The only thing I can think, right, is that it's a challenge because <laughs> so you know how oh god, it's going to sound ridiculous. You know how you have to uh, like a strapedo? Do you know what strapedo is? Yeah, but explain it for Americans. I've seen you do it. Hey, I've not done a strapedo. No, you did a strapedo of a blue wicket as well after we went to see Taylor Swift together in in Hyde Park. Yeah, that does sound right, actually. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so basically, a strawpedo is, um, you put a straw in a beer, then you basically use the straw as kind of an aerator, because you can't, if, it, if it's a glass bottle and you, you have a seal over your mouth, no air can get in, therefore it's quite hard to drink. So the strawpedo right. makes it flow into your mouth much quicker, so you can finish and chug the thing much quicker. What I think is happening here is a that A strawpedo, fun fact, is the same physics behind shotgunning a beer. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, because you're just opening an air pathway. No, 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 no. Because, because you, you are, yeah, you're, yeah, same physics from that perspective. Yes, but you, uh, yeah. Um, so what I'm assuming that he's trying to do here, and why it's a challenge, is that if you attempt to down a beer that is large from a glass bottle rather than like a three thirty mil, without a straw or some sort of like air mechanism, you have to keep like breathing back into it, which fizzes it up. So I think that the challenge probably comes from the amount of fizz and therefore the burp that needs to get out. Do that, British people pl- do British people play Edward Forty hands? No, because we don't have we don't have forties. Oh that's Sorry. right. Can you imagine giving of- sorry, can you imagine British people being able to buy forty ounces of beer? Like <laughs> No, that's really I mean you there there are parts of the UK where you can buy giant two liter plastic bottles of cider and that is not good for anybody. No. Yeah. So okay, I'm guessing that, that must that must be it. But it is it is I I, I don't know, I guess I'm gonna have to try it, aren't I? Like, not now, but yeah. I think we both have to try. I think we both have to try. I think, I think next episode we both have to try the Modelo challenge. Hold on. No, sorry. We have, we have, uh, wait, we can announce this now. We have plans for a live show at some point in the Do next. Do not announce this now. Do not announce this now. There's no reason to announce this now. We just talked about it for the first time ever. Yes. 
It could happen. I won't edit this out because I'm mad at you. No, do not jinx it. We're, we're getting close. Last time we did this, okay. we're like, oh, I think Luke and I are going to see a movie together. Okay. Okay. Then a third wave or whatever of the pandemic happened. There are talks about it for okay. November. Fuck. I even committed to that now. God damn it. So the next, the next, the first time, because we've never done it. <laughs> the, the next first, first time. time. <laughs> the first time we record a live show together which will happen if not november because the third wave then i don't know oh 2026 20, after wave 19 or whatever we do then we will do the modello challenge yeah I, okay. I think you can i think you can buy modello in in corner stores in the uk i'm pretty sure yeah okay i have another confounding thing for you to stare at all right hit me a bunch of right-wing news personalities have dropped this is a Gen Z Republican streaming service that I've sent you screenshots oh, of. Oh, this is fake. No way is this real. Uh, I looked. I mean, these people are real people. These are real people. Oh, all of these people are amazing. Okay, I'm going to read every single name of these out in a row. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's, no this way this, there's no way this guy's name is real. Okay. No, this guy is this guy is the realest guy of all. He's like a prominent Republican in America. First of all, this thread is from uh, Daily Beast reporter Will Somer. Okay. Go for it. Read it. Read, right. it, read it off. Uh, show one, firefight, hosted by Gunnar Thordus. <laughs> Channel two, cup of Joe, politically right, not correct. And this guy somehow looks like both an older Ben Shapiro and a younger Ben Shapiro at the same time. <laughs> yes, he, he looks, looks like, like he looks like an aged teenage Ben Shapiro. He looks like someone tried to like turn the boss baby into an adult, but it got stuck halfway, so it's like. Half boss, half baby. Exactly. The next one is American Mavericks. Uh, They're incredible. But Lance incredible. Johnston and Dom Fernando. Dom Fernando. Okay, so you guys can't see this, but he's got like tiny red sunglasses and a big curly head of hair that is shaved on the side. So he kind of looks like a like a 1990s wrestler. He is he is the most Chad fucker I have ever seen. I want to be well. I assume he's a horrible person, but. I would like to dress like Don Fernando, I think. Okay, so these are fake, right? No, these are real. All right. Uh, number four is Morgan's Minute, Things to Know in a Minute or Less. That's actually not a bad idea. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, describe how her name is spelled. Uh, with a double N. And, and an o. o. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Morgan. Actually, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, the next one is... Kind of astonishing uh, for different reasons, which is uh, it's called Going Through It with Galen and what I thought was Joe, but the name is actually J-O-I-E, which I think is Joy. But this one is particularly fascinating because they are, they are as far as I can tell, either twins or sisters. They're basically <laughs> two this, identical. They look like the same person, but one is wearing more makeup. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they look like two identical blonde women. Like, they're literally, they have the same hair, the same face, the same eyes, uh, and as far as I can tell, more or less the same clothes. But one of them looks like they've got a cutout of, like, she took a photo with a phone in a bathroom. And then the right. other one looks like uh, she has had a professional makeup job at photo shoot done, which for them, for some reason, has been edited by someone like a four-year-old to look more slick. And just, I, I, I can't understand how you end up with those two things, those two people with such different approaches to their their looks next to each other. They look like if, okay, about 15 years ago, Superman was split into two different Superman, red Superman and blue Superman. And it was sort of like, 
the duality of Superman's personality. This looks like you did that to to like Tommy Loren. Yes. Yes, that is exactly it. Yeah. Uh the next one on the list is What's Your Point? <laughs> Which is a great name for a show. <laughs> With Kaylee Campbell. Kaylee is spelt K-A-Y-L-E-E. She Not is a single normal name in this entire fucking thing. It's unbelievable. Uh then there's a show called Basic Facts Matter with <laughs> Xavier de la Rousseau, which sounds fun. Cool name, but I'm pretty sure the name of this show is like to downplay Black Lives Matter because this is a black man as the host. So that's what this Almost means. definitely. Yes. I believe in fact this is the only non-white person in the entire eight sequences. Uh, yeah. Although with a question mark over Dom Fernando. Uh, we don't know. Don Fernando's a man of the world. Don Fernando's an international guy. Yeah. We don't know where he's like. He's like Vin Diesel. We don't know where he's from. He could be from any. Oh man, I want. I'm obsessed with Don Fernando. I'm gonna go follow him on Instagram. It, it's entirely possible he's a Latino guy with a perm. Which sure, that sounds fun. Then the final one is Lean Wright with. I'm sorry, but this is a fake name. Blake <laughs> is his first name. Fine. I understand all the worst Americans are called Blake, but the surname is Cresses. K R E double S E S, which is Blake not a name. Cresses. Blake Cresses. Yeah. Like, I know Americans have stupid names, and I know that the reason they have stupid names is because of, like, racism on the border. But, uh, sorry, at some point you've just gotta, you've gotta pick a better name. Like, Cresses? Where is, where is, what is the name? Where is the name Cresses even from? Is it a bird or something? Well, there's a, there's a Cress who's vaguely famous, who is, as far as I can tell, like sounds German American or Pennsylvania, so uh, it was a Mason. Yeah, so mm, let's say mm, century appeared. He would have been in the first wave of immigration to the US. But like, I don't understand why Cresses is then a thing. Okay, so this whole thing is done by a network called Today is America. Today is America. Today, today is America. Of all days, today is America. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. I found, oh man. Oh man. I found Dom Fernando's Instagram and it's even more outrageous than you think. So what do you think Dom Fernando's actual name is? Um, I don't even know. Ugh. It's so good. It's so good. What is his real name? Well, okay. So. On his Instagram, he goes by Dominic Michelangelo, and from what I can tell, he's like just like a super Italian guy. Oh, okay. I think this man is the most outrageous looking man I have ever seen in my life. He looks he looks like a lawyer in a nineteen eighties porn. He looks like I don't even know what he looks like. He looks like yeah, maybe I why is he doing any of the things that he's doing to his There's like a photo parents. of him like being Italian posted in July and it's him in the parking garage of the West Inn in Dallas and he's eating a pizza out of a Sabaro box which is unbelievable. There's so much Oh man, he looks like both members of LMFAO. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. There's an He's ast- amazing. There's an astonishing photo where he is. Ah, oh God. Okay, I'm going to describe this. But yeah, his his handle is the fresh, the fresco show, which the, the fresco thing is coming from nowhere. But okay, and 
this thing in July, from July 20th, he is wearing a, like, sh- slip-on shoes, no socks, which I think is gross. I'm sorry. I don't think there's a good excuse to wear shoes without No, socks. you wear, I, I do that look all the time, but you just wear small socks for that. I, I okay. Uh, he's got, like, you know, checked suit trousers on, a belt, I think is, I'm gonna say Gucci, but I don't think it's Gucci, with, with two enormous G's on the belt buckle, uh, a black, black shirt, and then a, a jacket that has, like, Gold lame, well, it's not lame, I guess, but it's like gold filigree design on, and then and then also the two tiny sunglasses and the permed mullet. I okay, don't, I, I have scrolled through his entire Instagram, and I think I ha- I think I understand what's happening here. I think that this man is like an Italian guy from Pennsylvania, okay, who is like working very hard to hide the fact that he is. From like the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and that's what's happening here. Okay, he's also been banned from TikTok. What seems like many times. I also really enjoy it. if you go back to the very start of his Instagram. Uh, his vibe is extremely. He is attempting to be a rapper. Yes, which is, is well, no, he, always the thing. At the beginning of his Instagram, he is like very much like, I'm a guy from Pennsylvania, so he's like. Wearing like American apparel, skinny jeans, and like a white guy rapper, like hipster rapper look in like a, a shitty warehouse. And then he transitions into like fascist. Cause that's, that's that pipeline. Yeah. Then suddenly, yeah. Like a, a year later, the end of 2020, suddenly he's wearing like turtlenecks and pink chinos and blazers. And then, yeah, very shortly afterwards, he is full Trump weirdo. I feel like we don't talk enough about the role that menswear plays in radicalizing people. No, I mean, it comes up. It, it's not just menswear, though, is it? It's the male appearance stuff, because it also really, really lasts with, uh, or, or, or really matters to the, uh, that the incel people, the black pill people, all of whom are like, oh, suddenly I've learned how to dress and girls still don't like me and therefore I should shoot people. Um, but it, it's really tied into that as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just like you know, all these guys have body dysmorphia, and then they become like right wing talk show hosts. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is wild. This is out of control. Wild. Um, uh, I wish uh, today's America the best. Uh, I will not be subscribing to their streaming service, even though it means I won't be able to see Blake Cresses, who you didn't mention has an insane muscles. Uh, I guess like. Like inappropriately large muscles for the size of his face is what I'm saying. It looks like it looks like he had like his face photoshopped onto his body. I think I think he has a small head. All of these people have the wrong size head. Yes. <laughs> for for people who definitely believe in phrenology, all these people have the wrong size head. What I really like, right, is that Sasha Baron Cohen made that show which was called Who Is America? Which was yeah. entirely intended to be gibberish, and they've now built an entire uh network that is just this is America. Oh, sorry. Today, today is today is America, which right. makes less sense somehow. Today is America doesn't make any sense. This is America makes sense. Yeah, but today is America does not. And I no, basically, yeah, I was kind of coming at that as a, uh, I was trying to make it make sense in my head, and that's why I said this is America. But it's not. It's it's today is America, and that doesn't make sense. Today is America. Today is dot com. I'm on there right now. Hold on. Are there more shows? I want to see if there's more shows. Uh, they have a page called Republican Hype House, Ugh. which I'm which I'm on right now. 
Is it the is it the normal Republican highest power or is it a different one? <laughs> it's a different. Uh, it's it's an it's a TikTok channel that um, one of the videos is about how masturbation makes you go blind, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, this is this is the darkest. It's the darkest shit I've ever seen. Um, oh, I was going to say what I think is interesting about this is that it's not that dramatic like i feel like i would have seen more of this but this feels kind of like gibberish no that's the thing like i have seen like nick fuentes live streams that are horrifying i've seen like baked alaska content that's really bad like i've seen what gen z right wing stuff looks like like groiper stuff is really bad and dark this is just like stupid and like lame and all these people are lame I think this is kind of the thing that's jumping out of me at this is like none of these people are real or matter or are going to do anything. But I I think that the way they kind of come at this stuff is so I don't know. I think there's basically two schools of people on this side of the people who are trying to do this, which are the people who genuinely like believe this and are like, yes, we're going to do the thing here and then end up in an attempt to get their message out, end up figuring out how to optimize their content to get there and then this group of people whose only thing is the content and don't really care about what they're doing so like they call it like republican high pass but they're not really doing anything that's that republican they're just sort of i mean uh, i mean some of the stuff is kind of gross but it's like it's a bit more like chaotic than it is ideological yes it's like it's like a shame. It's like a. It's like a, such a clear grift that it's like hard to take seriously. Yes, exactly, exactly. Let's talk about true crime and TikTok. So, um, before we get started, I want to set up just like the basic facts of where we are with this story. We are recording this on Wednesday evening. So, if by the time you hear this on Thursday or Friday, things have changed, that's why. Um, We are talking about the disappearance of Gabby Petito. So, she is a 22-year-old Instagram influencer. She was a nutritionist. She quit her job to become an influencer full-time and went uh, traveling the country's national parks with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. She was last heard from uh, in a text message sent to her mom at the end of August. Her mom claims it did not sound like her. Also, in the text message, she claims that she didn't have service in the uh, in the parks. And then the next day, her boyfriend arrived in Florida at home without her. So timing-wise, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, and there's going to be lots of details like this uh, as we get into this story. A missing persons report was filed for her uh, in September. And over the course of 10 days, she went from having an Instagram account that had less than a 1,000 followers to getting close now to over a million followers. And the most recent update is that the police have found remains that belong to her. They've declared it a homicide. Brian Laundry is missing in Florida. And the thing about this story is that it exploded on TikTok and Instagram in a way that I think has 
made a lot of people really uncomfortable. Yes. And I mean, it's exploded on those, but it's also exploded in mainstream media as well. Like, I think one of the things that you mentioned there is that, uh, how quickly her following grew. And I do not think that that is properly understood by an awful lot of people that it became very quickly that she was a big influencer, big travel influencer, all that stuff. And I don't think that there was an understanding that she did not really have a following before she disappeared, which like is not anything. Like she was clearly trying to do it, like a van life thing. It's, it's obviously a, like a successful seam of content. But I think what, yeah, one of the, the, one of the tragedies of it is that it's, it's felt like a very, it's felt like everyone has felt additionally allowed to comment on her and allowed to speculate because she lived her life in public, even though she did not live her life in public. That was not what was happening. And I, I think that's one of the things that made, has made me quite uncomfortable with that whole thing. I wish so. So we were both on vacation as this was picking up. And incidentally, I was traveling the national parks myself while this was happening uh, in a really weird turn of fate. Um, so when I finally like started to understand what was going on uh, last weekend, as I was like kind of coming back into work mode, I was shocked at how small her following was before this started. Because I had assumed from bits and pieces like, oh, maybe she had like ten to 20,000 followers and she was sort of like, you know, she was like that middle tier kind of influencer. And this would explain why there's like so much out there about her. Come to find out there wasn't. She was just like, I mean, it would be like if you or I went missing. And someone with our internet following became less. less like this, to be honest, she less, had actually she, less. Yeah, yeah, she has significantly less following than 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 either of us, really. Like, it, it, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she did say when she spoke to the police that like she was trying to be an influencer. That was very much openly what she was trying to do, uh, and that as a result was kind of the the. Well, that was part of it, I guess. So, so just to to clue people in who, who might be out of the loop here, one of the like big pieces i think of why this has become such a fascination with the internet i mean obviously it helps that she's pretty she's 22 she's a white woman all of the things the internet is probably going to make go viral anyways the other piece of this is that her and her boyfriend were pulled over by police and there was basically like a an altercation between the two of them the police thought it might be domestic violence on her part because they had seen her slapping him yeah that footage was published by uh local reporters in america and has now been poured over and like digested and dissected and turned into clips and memes and fan cams and hashtags and it i think that is that to me is one of the most important pieces of this is that like that this story needed that sort of that uncanny valley factor uh that you get with the body cam footage yeah i think i think that definitely makes it the, the body cam footage is, is really quite haunting because it feels like I mean, it feels like there's multiple failures the whole way along uh, from the police. Like they didn't, well, they didn't stop it, which is a, <laughs> the number one thing. Um, but yeah, it has made it feel very uncanny. I also think one other thing about it is that it has fit very cleanly into an existing paradigm. Uh, and specifically, the I think the rise of Netflix has meant that there has been a, a huge amount more true crime documentaries, true crime coverage. Uh, and there was actually, there was a, 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 a documentary that came out a little while ago and I'm trying to remember the name of it um, because it was it was really really grim uh, yeah that was American Murder the family next door right. uh, and what happened in that I, did, I don't know if you saw it um, no I haven't seen it so it is it's basically the story of uh, the Watts family murders um, which was basically it's, it's a really haunting story um, 
it opens with basically them talk the police talking to this this guy who's like hey uh i came home last night my my family wasn't there i thought they'd be there uh they're not there and then it goes on and on through a lot of police body cam footage it doesn't do the kind of talking head stuff it's just using body cam footage cctv stuff uh and then stuff like an interrogation room as it over the course of like 36 48 hours it turns out that you know he killed them and what happened to their bodies uh, and this stuff but there's a specific sequence in it where he's kind of saying hey yeah no i'm trying to figure out like when they left and that sort of stuff and they the police go over to a uh, a neighbor across the road who kind of says i'll have a look at my cctv thing because they live in like one of these big um suburbs outside of uh colorado i think right uh and he kind of shows the the clip uh and they're like oh yeah well, we can't really see anything from this and then the guy who's only is leaves and is like going outside but he's quite through the whole thing he's kind of i want to say i wouldn't say calm like if i was looking at him as a normal person i'd be like he seems relatively normal and like a bit like stressed but not that out and as he leaves after he leaves the guy whose house he's in his neighbor turns to the, the police officer and goes like there's something up with him he's incredibly off He's acting really strangely. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this stuff really, really matches what happens on this police, uh, the police body cam video, uh, uh, both stylistically, you know, it is a police body cam as talking to someone, but also the body cam where he's kind of like, seems fine, seems okay, just like a little bit stressed about this, but it's basically fine, uh, really, really matches the, the behavior of Brian Laudry in the other stuff. And I think that kind of match, and it's, it's not the only, um, documentary that it really, really closely matches there is a lot of them that are quite similar to this but I think that paradigm being present and able to people glom onto it and be like oh I know exactly what happens here the guy is guilty she's killed her we need to find her all that stuff means that people really attach to it with a narrative that you may well prove to be accurate we don't know but at, at this point but I think that it meant that people talked about it in a way as though it was fictional before it was. Or, or rather, in a way that it was fictional before it was well, it was so active. Yes. So I think what I think what you said sort of about like the way people are watching more and more true crime now and then it's like impacting the way that they they view reality because it's like they're seeing the tropes of true crime in reality because, of course, like yeah. that's how it's made is like feeding this like really weird loop. And I, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about how like algorithms and recommendation systems, they don't invent things out of thin air. They just sort of reinforce what's already there and create sort of this never ending effective escalation. And so this video, it came out in May, 2021. It has done an astounding 50 million views. Jesus. It's titled, what pretending to be crazy looks like. Right. No, we talked about this, this channel. Yes, we did talk about this channel. So the JCS criminal psychology channel, this was incidentally the last video it uploaded. Um, it is, it is a crazy popular channel with 4.4 million subscribers. Uh, the crazy video is its biggest one, but it also has one about, um, Jody Arias that has like, uh, 20 million views. And it, I think it's a really good look at like the tip of an iceberg that is so much bigger than we like, like you and I, we, we talk about this sort of stuff all the time and we've never talked about true crime because it's, it's almost too big to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's very hard because, you know, I don't say good true crime is okay and bad true crime is, isn't. Um, but there is, there is an element of that, but you can do this stuff quite amateurishly 
uh, and not present in a responsible way. But equally, you can use a very big platform like Netflix uh, and pre- and present this true crime stuff in an extremely irresponsible way uh, simultaneously. And there's there's good there's good stuff and like uh, it's really tricky because. Basically, there is so much crime. There is so much crime out there. <laughs> like, it, it sounds ridiculous, yes. but there is so much crime. All of this stuff can be worked into cases. Uh, and it's a podcast, obviously, is a huge element of this. There are an awful lot of true crime podcasts that do exactly this. And I think that that has also fed this because an awful lot of those true crime podcasts are, are the audience is, is I don't want to say primarily female, but it's like, it skews heavily female. Uh, and as a result, also skews towards female victims. But also that's because for various obvious reasons, women are killed by men a lot more than men are killed by women. Um, which means, yeah, it tends to have this skew, but it also means that, yeah, you get a case like this and everyone just picks it up and says, Oh, we know how this works. We, we can cover this as content, not as an active disappearance. Right. There was actually a, a couple TikTok comments that went viral of users being like, it's crazy. We're watching a true crime story happen in real time. Yeah. And it's like, what did you think crime was? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, And I think there's, there's, there's this other really interesting element here where like we associate media, like videos, images, we associate that with entertainment. So, and then the internet sort of blurs this line where you have like, researching on the internet falling down a rabbit hole is kind of a very similar experience to like looking at clues and putting things together and building a narrative and a story yeah and so so the the aesthetics of crime the the body cam footage and the uh blurry videos and the the tiktok user in the gabby petito case that later went on tiktok and said oh i picked him up and then she was eventually interviewed by police for that all of these things are not entertainment but no. true crime exists in this weird gray area where it takes those things and it turns them into an entertaining narrative. And so like anything else on the internet, like everyone on the internet figures out how to do everything. Like they will figure out how to make mashups. They will figure out how to write fan fiction. They will figure out how to build their own works. And so what we're seeing is essentially people on the internet building their own true crime stuff out of a real crime. And they're doing it live in front of us. And that is deeply upsetting and weird. <laughs> yeah. I also do not understand the people who, because it, was, it wasn't it was just her. There was a few others who said, oh, we spotted the van. Oh, we saw them here or whatever it was. And I really do not understand why you make a TikTok video of that. That felt unpleasant. So this this was something that I've been grappling with. So let's, let's, let's move, let's move to the next section of this here. What I think bothers me the most, because I, I think you're right, where it's like there isn't a there isn't like a good true crime, bad true crime. Like it's kind of what it is, right? Yeah. But what I think bothers me the most about all of this is that most I would say ninety percent of the people engaging with Gabby Petito content are doing it in a way that is optimized for maximum social clout. Yes. Absolutely. But I want to talk about I think we should definitely mention this piece uh how social justice slideshows took over instagram by terry newen for vox uh and last summer she i think really really called it on this which was that teenagers were basically using the instagram multiple image carousels to post aesthetically pleasing cutesy graphics about like really serious matters and 
that is happening right now with the Gabby Petito Instagram accounts. Yeah. The, so you spotted one, right? Yeah. This is, I think, one of the things that, yeah, it made me ah, deeply feel deeply strange about this. Um, but this is, I think, probably maybe the worst offender, which is, yeah, it's, the account is Gabby.Petito. Uh, and it is, uh, it is grotesque. Um, it is linking to a site called Where's Gabby.com, but every single slide is, is a, uh, I don't know the way to describe the font, but it's like a, a serifed, all lowercase kind of 60s cartoon font. Is that the best way to describe it? Um, it looks like a shirt that you would buy at the beach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and lots of fun colors and interesting, like, complimentary colors and all this stuff. And the quotes are things like, I have chills because, uh, someone who saw her alive said, I have chills. That person said to Fox News Digital. Uh, someone said right right around the time her her body was found was just she touched the world and it's like oh god another one another one just says brian seen hitting slapping gabby and it's like done as a a nice looking oh it's it's absolutely it's yeah it's really grotesque it's really it's really weird it's really dark um and like you would look at this and you would think like okay like i Okay, like this was a person who is like a really well-known celebrity and they've created, you know, a tribute page to them, which I'm not saying I like that, but like I understand that it's a thing. But this, like we said at the beginning of the show, like this this woman was just like a woman who had an Instagram account. Like that's what – like there's there's a very weird parasocial relationship happening. And the fact that – to me it almost feels like – this entire section of people who are following the story spe- specifically on TikTok and Instagram have no ability to communicate anymore without the idea of promoting themselves as a brand as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like your goal is not to get the I don't say the information out or whatever. The goal is to grow your brand and growing your brand is the same as getting the information out. Like I could see this Gabby.Petito account rebranding as like you know, shit teens say in six months and it's, and it's completely blank. And then, and now it's just posting like photos of teenagers with like relatable captions. Like it's, it's clearly a, a content marketing scheme. And that is like one of the most upsetting things I have, I have seen in a long time. But it's also not even the other way to say it is it's not even a potentially content marketing. It is just that everyone intuitively jumps to effectively content market. Yes. It's like, there's no way to communicate online anymore without content marketing. Yeah, it's like, oh, we want to talk about this this case. What is the most effective way that we can get it out? Therefore, but 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 it's not attempting to spread it. It is attempting to be like, what is the most effective way that we can be the key source of information from this by constantly talking about it in a an aesthetically pleasing way? Which, yeah, I don't know. It's really it's really hard to explain. I think I think we're both struggling with this a little bit trying to like figure out what we're supposed to be saying about this. Well, I mean, other than just like it's happening and this is what people are doing, uh which is weird because it's like okay, that's what yeah, that's what it is. Um it it feels a bit, I don't know. In my mind it feels almost like we didn't really pay attention to like a whole chunk of young people and they've just over the last like 5 years 
become like weird brand robots that have no ability to talk or or like empathize like a normal person anymore. Yeah, that sounds correct. Wait, can I show you the worst tweet? Show. Oh, is it the psychic tweet? Uh, I'm. I think it sounds like it is. This tweet. Uh yes. Uh so this is from an astrologer named Starheel, who tweeted. Because Gabby Petito has Uranus and Taurus opposing her Mars, I'm afraid she was killed by strangulation. Taurus rules the throat. And then in a follow-up tweet, she wrote, I don't know, though. That's just my intuitive guess. (laughs) And what's crazy is that, like, a lot of these people are replying being like, you're unwell. You're a bad person. Please don't do this. But the first one was someone said that Brian had a rope necklace that is missing and they suspected the same and many other people engaging with this seriously, which I think is more upsetting than actually the original tweet. Yeah. People just being like, yeah, no, this, this sounds right. And it's just, there was another side. I mean, obviously there's always psychics that get involved with disappearances. Like that's just, that's sort of like a time honored tradition of this sort of thing. But there was another one on TikTok who was like a, a TikTok witch who um, said that she could use tarot cards to communicate with Gabby um, if the police wanted her help. But once again, it feels like to me, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the, the, the psychic maybe would go on like some freaky radio show or something. But the fact that the site or, or go to the police themselves and the police would say, you know, fuck off or they'd, I guess, use them or whatever. But this to me is different because they're all going on TikTok first. Yes. <sighs> I got one more I got one more upsetting thing to show you. This is this is an Instagram influencer named Jessica Reed Krause. Have you heard of her? The name vaguely sounds familiar. So if you go uh further back on her um stories on Instagram, she has three hundred thousand followers. She grew really fast during the Free Britney movement, and she was an investigative journalist Uh, during the Free Britney movement, she's now organizing a massive Instagram story in two parts about Gabby Petito. And um, they're, I mean, just like click on one and kind of go through it because they're they're really long. That's where I remember her name from. It was the, the, the Free Britney stuff. So if you go to the most recent one, titled To Gabby, it's, uh, I mean, hundreds of slides in this story collecting every piece of internet presence that Gabby Petito had put out and Brian Laundrie. Um, she also, this this influencer um, who goes by uh, House in Habit is trying to connect Brian to the disappearance of two other women. Oh, Jesus Christ. And the majority of the story is like connecting this mass conspiracy of disappearing women around um, like different national parks in America. Oh, this is, oh, this is grim as shit. Why, why are people doing And what's this? crazy is that like, so if you go to her grid, like her grid just looks like a normal Instagram mom. Like she posts photos of her kids, yeah. You know her like wearing like different outfits, but in her stories she's putting together like, I mean basically it looks like OSINT. It looks like open source intelligence. It looks like what you would see in DFR Lab or Bellingcat, but 
It's not. But, like, the reason why that stuff is incredibly hard to do, like, it is, it is, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it other than, like, the, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to be, like, do about what Batting Cat do because they have to verify it. And this does not seem to be verified in any way. <laughs> it's also done usually crowdsourced. It's done, like, on, tw- the reason it's typically done on Twitter is because it's one of the easiest platforms to, like, see what everyone's posting and like organize it where on Instagram, it's just stuff that she's being DM, but from people or like sharing from their stories. So it's just like, it's ripped from all over the internet and just like aggregated together. And it's, it's a mess. Yeah. And she <sighs> has like, she has slides where she has like title cards and, and it's, it's done. It looks like you're watching a Netflix documentary, but it's just like, it's just random comments and random video clips. It's, it's jarring and weird. It is. Oh, God, no. Yeah, this is so grim and strange and, without putting too fine a point on it, uh, aggressively unverified. Like, I... Ugh. Yeah, okay. Fuck. Yeah. Man, I was not I'm, I was not totally prepared for this, to be honest. Like, I uh, I was aware, like, how bad this has gotten, but the more of this stuff you see, it's, it's, it's incredibly clear that everyone is attempting to build their own client. And I always think, I always think, like, some of these people are clearly coming at this deliberately, but I think a lot of them are not and just intuitively optimize. So if you are a, you know, a, a mom blogger, a mom influencer, you just turn those same t- tricks to whatever you're wanting to talk about, which sometimes mean you end up doing like basically true cl- crime influencing as the crime happens. Yeah. I think there's, there's another really weird piece to this, which is that like, w- we know that what we put on social media isn't a true reflection of reality because it can't be. There's no way. No. But for some reason, we assume that what other people put on Instagram or on various social platforms is a true reflection of reality. And we hold them to this weird standard that we know is not true for ourselves. Yep. And it allows people, I think, to turn other people into avatars. So there's this like weird thing where, you know, I watched a couple of Gabby and Brian's vlogs, and it's like a very normal, like, van life vlog. There's nothing particularly... There's, there's only one vlog. Like, it, she's... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but, like, they did, like, little video clips on TikTok and stuff. Right, right. It was all, like... It, I mean, actually, it was very similar to the stuff that me and my girlfriend were shooting on our trip to the Grand Canyon. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, your normal couple on vacation videos. And to watch people, like, seemingly very seriously turn this into, like, you know, she touched the world, and she was, like... Uh, you know, incredible, and 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 you know, I'm sure she was a really nice person. Uh, I I don't, you know, but it is very bizarre to see this like personality cult rise up simply because like she put some images on the internet, and like there's now a story and a mystery to it, and it's and it's like it's hit that kind of like idea of escape velocity we talk about all the time, where it's now out of control. Yeah, and like there will be like Gabby Petito truthers, no matter what comes out, you know. There will be truthers of this or that, and there will be people who believe that, you know, her boyfriend was involved in a series of disappearances and murders. And then you have, like, the other part of the discourse, which I think we have to mention, which is the fact that, like, these people are white and people of color and all kinds of other communities are never treated this way, even though they have just as much of an Instagram following as she did because she didn't have one. Like, it's like you can't even say, like, oh, because she's an influencer, she's a celebrity, that's why they're talking about it. It's like, no. (laughs) She was just a person. She was just another person. Like, it's it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's it is my academic opinion. It's fucked. Um, 
And I hope like it doesn't sound like we're saying that like people shouldn't care that this woman is missing and probably dead, but at the same time, like the systems here are broken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's a it's a classic thing of I don't a hundred percent some of the stuff that we talk about is always like, oh, there is a clear algorithmic problem to this and the algorithmic problem here is obviously you know people are optimized for engagement and therefore take really weird approaches to stuff at times like this but part of it is just like people are unable to control some of their instincts yeah yeah i agree uh unfortunately we don't really have like a light thing to end on here but at the same time i do find this stuff interesting and i think it's not going away it's probably getting worse i think tiktok is an out of control algorithm that is like you know, it's now the biggest social network in America. So I'm I'm curious. I guess I'm curious what happens next. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Should we go to content you consume to stay sane now? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's do it. Um, hey, Luke, did you consume any content to stay sane this week? Um, uh, to be honest, I've I've basically only been reading books because I've been away, and therefore that's the only content that I consume. Books um, are content. Books are content. In many ways, the original content. That's true. Um, but I also don't have many interesting books to talk about because I've mainly read books about uh, football, and uh, <laughs> try not to talk about that yeah, too much. Please spare us. Please spare us that. Uh, yeah, uh, one thing I will say is that I did read one book, which was, uh, do you remember the Girl on the Train book slash movie? I haven't seen it or read it, but I've heard of it, yeah. The movie was eventually, uh, it was an Emily, uh, Emily Blunt was in it, I think. Uh, but I read the sequel to the sequel to that, uh, which was kind of fascinating because basically the, the woman who wrote it, Paula Hawkins, the first one was Girl on the Train, which was in the wake of Gone Girl and was less successful than Gone Girl, but a very successful book anyway. The second book was, awful like dire and panned uh and then the third book uh she has like an author character who constantly explains why his second novel was actually okay uh and and explains like the people didn't get what was happening and all of the you know perspective changes like people just didn't understand what he was trying to do and it's like "Mm, this is weird because your second book had a lot of perspective changes in that you now seem to be having this character explain why actually that's that's a good thing um, which I found, I found very funny. Uh, and I haven't read the Sally Rooney book, but apparently the third Sally Rooney book is also talking about an author and kind of defending an author who's become an overnight success, uh, and can't necessarily handle the fame, but is trying to find a way to deal with it, but also sort of defending herself as well. And I just think, I think it's very funny that the authors write books, defend, like, defending themselves basically <laughs> yeah just uh suck it up you know that's what twitter's for if you want to you know defend yourself i i'm watching the third season of sex education oh how is that it's really weird because it's british people doing things that british people do not do it is like an entire show where they have british people living in a town that looks like an american well, town th- going th- to a school that looks like an american school this is the really weird one isn't it where it is based in Oh, where is it based? Moordale. Moordale, England. Yeah, it's, it, 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 but it's, it's not actually, it's basically an American high school for some reason based in Wales. It's bizarre. Yes. Yeah. So, like, they're wearing, like, 
Well, in this season, they get like they get like uniforms that are British uniforms, but they have an American school logo on them. It, it doesn't. It, it's I, I'm I'm I would read quite a big piece on like with the American involvement in this show because I can't tell if it's like British actors and some British writers working for an American team, if it's British people trying to please American bosses. Like I cannot figure out. What is going on in this show? It seems like they have intentionally made it obtuse. They've just like, we're taking a bit of British stuff and a bit of American stuff and we're just going for it. But there's stuff that like makes more sense if it was British. Like there's like there's British stuff in it that they've stripped the context out of. So like, I'm sure like the average viewer doesn't notice, but like I, I it drives me up a wall because I'm like, I know both places and this doesn't make any sense. Like they have like... The, like, poor girl living in a caravan park, and they have, like, which I guess, you know, we have trailer parks in America, but, like, the idea of, like, I don't know, the the cl- the class, the class, Luke, it's out of, co- the class dynamics are out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's even a little bit British, so, of course, it's, it's mostly out of control. But, uh, yeah, it also doesn't have a clear time period, is the other thing, is my understanding. Oh, man. Yeah, they're using smartphones, but they're also using, like, like... Not even cordless home phones. Like, there's a whole plot point about a voicemail on a voicemail machine. Yeah, see, yeah, I think that it is It is one of those things where they have essentially got to a point where they're like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're not going to commit to the idea that this is in a specific location, that this has a uh, anything to it. We'll just, we'll just pick up whatever plot points are useful for us right now and we'll ignore the rest and pretend that it just makes sense. Right, like... Aesthetically, it, I don't know where it takes place, and I don't know when it takes place. It's very, it's a very strange show. It's a, it's a nice show. This, this season's very good, but it is very confusing. Um, if you are someone who cares about British realism, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sure. Or American realism, because I understand it's not any more realistic for a, a, an American school. It's just wrong for both. And the time period. I mean, it, it kind of looks like the school I went to for high school, kind of. Like, I went to a prep school, but it was all boys. But, like, same kind of aesthetics, but, like, confusing. The whole thing's confusing. Um, speaking of confusing, next week we are dropping post-post-credit scene on our Patreon, and it is Spider-Man 3. Yeah. We're finally doing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. It is going to be great, and it's going to be so bad. I cannot wait. Yeah, as I understand, it's a... Uh, 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 my memory is it's just, you know, it's basically a perfect movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah, Nothing at all. Just great nothing, fun. Nothing, nothing wrong with Spider-Man 3 at all. I cannot wait for Peter Parker to come <laughs> and, and then dance. I'm so excited. Um, if you want to listen to that, you can go to patreon.com slash thecontentminds. And thank you guys for listening. And um, don't, don't, watch, don't watch too much true crime, you know? Don't yeah. let the algorithm know that you want to see it because it'll be it'll careful about it. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.